Nine service members are dead following the sinking of a transport near San Clemente Island. The eight Marines and one sailor were based in Camp Pendleton and had just completed training on the island. The tragedy raises into question the safety of these amphibious transports that were being used, but given the nature of the sinking, it's unclear what somber questions can be answered. For the San Diego Union-Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Andrew Dyer, you're the military reporter for the San Diego Union-Tribune. Let's uh, start with context. Can you set the scene? What was going on with these service members prior to the accident? Well, they were training with the um, uh, 15th Expeditionary Unit um, around San Clemente Island. This is a a common training area for the military. There's a a lot of assets on the island. you may recall we did a little reporting about it uh, last year, uh, and um, th- this is what Marines do. This is what um, you know, amphibious beach landings. This is a big part of uh, their their mission, and so um, this uh, battalion, uh, this team, landed on the island. Um, this wasn't the only Amtrak. This wasn't the only vehicle used. Um, they did their thing on the island. Uh, They got back on the vehicle and they were on their way back to the, uh, uh, an amphibious ship when their Amtrak began taking on water on, on Thursday afternoon. Um, There were other Marines and other vehicles in the vicinity. And um, according to the Marine Corps, uh, they watched this vehicle sink. Mm -hmm. And what do we know about how exactly water got into the transport. Do we know anything about kind of the cause of the sinking? We don't. Um, in fact, uh, the area that it sank uh, about a thousand meters off of San Clemente Island is a, a, a deep part of, of the ocean. And um, the Marines say it sank in hundreds of feet of water. Um, they have not located the, the AAV at, as of right now. Um, they feel like they know where it went down because there were people that saw it. This didn't happen at night. This happened in daylight, but um, they, they have not found the vehicle yet. Mm-hmm. And can you describe exactly what these AAVs are? Because it's not a boat, obviously, right? It's, it's, it's well, it floats in the ocean. So maybe, uh, maybe by definition, it is a boat, but it's a lot more than that. It's a, a a very heavy 26 tons armored uh, troop transport. It can carry uh, 21 troops in the, the main transport area. It has a crew of three, so that's a total of 24. There were, there were 16 on, on the craft at the time it sank. Um, but it's a, it's a, it's a tracked vehicle. Um, so it can roll out of the amphibious ship. It can, it can float slowly about eight mile per hour top speed it can land on the beach and and it's got tank treads it's tracked so it can it can then uh maneuver on land um upwards over 40 miles an hour so it it does both things and um this particular vehicle has been in the marine corps arsenal since 1972 now it's gone through periodic upgrades in, in the intervening years but um you know, it is an older platform. Mm-hmm. 
And what's the safety of these vehicles? Has this kind of thing happened before? We had an, another sinking uh, at Camp Pendleton in 2011. Um, one Marine died in, in that sinking, and it was right off off the beach there. And uh, it sank in about, I think, 20 to 30 feet of water. Mm-hmm. And you also did some reporting about the service members who passed away. Uh, can you give us a little bit of information about these people that lost their lives? Well, Daniel, the you know the Marine Corps is is the youngest branch of the military, so to speak. Um, the average age in the Marines is 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 much younger than what you get in in the other branches. Um, so these these Marines. Um, 18 to 23 years of age, um, one, one Navy sailor, but this, this sailor, he was a corpsman and he, he was part of this, uh, Marine battalion. Um, so the Marines don't have their own medics. They get them from the Navy. So this is, uh, and I'm just getting noticed that, uh, they have found the vehicle, um, off San Clemente Island. Um, so that's breaking news, uh, that, um, They've located the vehicle. Um, this co- just coming in from one Marine Expeditionary Force at Camp Pendleton. Um, they've identified the location, and the U.S. Navy's Undersea Rescue Command um, has confirmed human remains have also been identified using underwater remotely operated video system. So, um, m- more to come on that. But uh, so th- there you go. Um, they have found the vehicle and uh you know it's really tough like i was saying um these these marines and the sailor they were all you know very young adults um you know i went you know part of part of my job is to to find out who they are and you know um i found some of their facebook pages and some of them are are so young that their facebook page um their facebook accounts go back to when they were you know children and it's very uh very tough um you know people join the military for a lot of reasons and um you know these these young people really wanted you know adventure and they wanted to do something with their lives they wanted to have an impact um you know they didn't want to just you know these people have a, a thirst for adventure and you know, that's the kind of people that are attracted to this type of work and um you know uh, one one of them was born in San Diego. Um, I got to talk with his aunt via email um, a little bit yesterday. And, you know, um, he was the oldest of five kids. He really wanted to be a Marine. He, he homeschooled like the last, uh, his senior year of high school so that he could graduate early and, and go into the Marines before he turned 18. Um, so with a, with a parental waiver, you can join the military at 17. Um, another another Marine. Um, there were two 18-year-olds um, on this on this vessel. Um, another another was um, a new father. Um, his Facebook account, you know, has uh, him with a newborn baby just a, f- a few months ago. Um, it, it's really devastating. And and for the for the families and the friends uh, of these of these Marines and the sailor, you know, this is just an absolutely devastating um, event. Uh, this is a, like I said, this is a fairly routine training evolution. Um, this is what Marines do. This is part of their job. So, um, 
the the fiance of one of the uh, of, of the of the sailor. She was talking about how this was supposed to be just a two week training operation, and, and she was looking forward to him coming back, and they were going to go get married, and uh, it, it's just a, a very tough time for the, that community right now. Mm-hmm. And when a service member dies in in this way, like they weren't at combat, it was an accident. What does the military do to investigate? Uh, can you walk us through how that operates? There's a, a set of very clear procedures um, to investigate mishaps like this. Um, anytime you have a, a loss of life, it's automatically what the military calls a class A mishap. Um, so it gets the highest priority. It'll be thoroughly investigated um, in accordance with, uh, you know, there, there's a, you know, in the military, there's a manual for everything. So um, there, there's a step-by-step instruction. There will be an investigation into the uh, vehicle, um, what might have caused uh, water to come on board, um, as well as, you know, if, you know, if they can determine operator error or crew error uh, contributed, this will all be part of that investigation. Um, it's likely to take some time. Uh, of course, the investigation is, is hindered by the fact that the, the vehicle is at the bottom of the ocean. Um, they do want to recover it. Uh, it remains to be seen if they will, but um, like they have found it. So um, we should hear pretty shortly what, what the next step is. Mm-hmm. And how much that information will be public in the end? The investigation will be made public. Um Sometimes they'll they'll redact or kind of black out personal identifiable information, um, but for the most part, we're going to we're going to find out um, whatever they find out. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were talking earlier about how the Marines is trying to retool its kind of goal, being kind of going back to its more aquatic roots as they were forced to be a little bit more land-based uh, during the conflict in Iraq and Afghanistan. Given that this was a failure at sea, does this tragedy yet have an effect on kind of the long-term goal of the Marines that they're currently pursuing? Well, as of right now, um, the Commandant of the Marine Corps has ordered these AAVs uh, to suspend all waterborne operations. So until the investigation is complete, uh, we're not going to see uh, this type of vehicle um, at sea. Um, they can still operate on land, but uh, so for the time being, those waterborne operations are paused. Um, there is a, a newer replacement vehicle, um, but that is still in the early stages of deployment. Um, it, it, it's still very early. Um, now, now the Marines were working on a, a earlier replacement. Uh, you know, about 20 years ago, they they were developing a, a larger, faster uh, version of, of this vehicle. And um, in 2011, um, you know, costs were ballooning, uh, budgets were shrinking, so that replacement was was added. And, and now they're kind of they, they because that program was suspended, they kind of had to start over with developing the uh, next generation. Mm -hmm. and uh finally if i'm uh, someone who has a question uh what's the best way of getting a hold of you um well my email address andrew.dyer at sduniontribune.com 
Um, I'm also on Twitter at uh, SDUT Dyer. Um, if you have information about uh, these type of vehicles or issues you've had, if you're in the Marines, if you have experience with this stuff, and um, there's something you think we should know about, please reach out. I'd, I'd like to hear from you. All right, Andrew Dyer, thank you so much. In other news, elementary schools in San Diego County can apply for a chance to reopen despite a state closure mandate. No schools in San Diego County have applied yet. Several are expected to apply, including the Cajon Valley Union School District and San Diego Catholic Schools. In order to apply, school or district leaders must show that they have consulted with parent and community groups, as well as unions for school districts and some charter schools. The new criteria do not say that schools need to get their approval. Elementary schools must also have posted reopening plans on their websites. The plans must follow state guidance and address several topics, such as keeping students in the same small groups, wearing masks, physical distancing, testing students and staff for COVID, and setting triggers for reverting to distance learning. While the region's COVID numbers are improving slightly, it's not yet enough to get off the state's watch list. Thank you for listening to the San Diego News Fix. If you want to learn more about San Diegans you should know, listen to another UT podcast, Name Drop San Diego. Join the UT's Abby Hamblin and Christy Totten as they speak with Judy Shepard Missit, the founder and CEO of Jazzercise. Name Drop San Diego is available wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is made possible by subscribers to the San Diego Union Tribune. As we live through this momentous time in history, the truth and facts matter. If you are not yet a subscriber, please go to uniontrib.com slash subscribe. Until next time.